podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, and we are live, 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 live in, as you know, Sunday's in camp on the 10th of next month. Anti-Yard will be fighting, so Tundi is not going to be with us today. But dream it, believe it, become it, come on up. You know the rules. You guys saw the fight last night. You mean? Um, Natasha Jonas um, um, versus Maya. Your thoughts, please. How did you see that fight? You mean, I should have got Joel Gallagher on now. I should have got Joe Gallagher. Um, my my initial thoughts. Well, furthermore, let me just say, um, Andre Bacania, big up yourself. Um, Bernard, big up. Tyrone, big up. Yemi, Phil Answer, Daniel J. Boltang, A.O., Steve Bailey, what's up there? Chris, Rob Meyer, the pastor. You know what I mean? I can't control this thing, but I think Manny's. Manny's behind, so Manny can take care of all the things that he's got to go and take care of. Uh, the, 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 yeah, big up Tundi, deep random thinker, DG knows, Yems talks boxing, AAV develops, Mickey Gomo, Jermaine Taylor, what are you saying, Jermaine? Pray everything's good with you and the family. You know what I mean, yeah, it's it's been it's been that time. So my major thing is this: was that Andrew says Maya should have won that fight. Um, this is my take on it, right? To be real, close fights are close fights. Close fights are not robberies; they're the close fights. But I do hear you. I hear what you're saying when you're saying like she should have won the fight. Um, in speaking to certain people, uh, Mr. E. Francis, speaking to certain people, a lot of people looked at that fight and actually thought that that fight could have been a draw. Then other people I speak to think like, Maya won it by two rounds. I'm going to say this, close fights are close fights. Close fights are not robberies. It was a close fight. I'm still glad for um, Natasha Jonas because she's a warrior. Um, she's a gallant warrior. And she's a two-weight world champion, so we've got to give her all the credit in the world for that, which I do. I give her amazing credit for that. First three rounds, I thought she boxed absolutely excellent. Seriously. Um, I was just about to start screaming out, like, fair play to, to Joel Gallagher and the work that he's put in with, with, with his fight. Cause, you know, how it goes, it's not, it's not easy. And, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, she boxed, yeah. I mean, she boxed weekend in the first three. Um, then things start to get a little bit more tasty, a little bit more difficult for her when she's going down the stretch. And also, Maya was the one that was pressing the fight. She stuck it on her, you know? I think I think it was that round eight. I thought maybe Maya could have even forced a stoppage. But to Natasha Jones' credit, she stuck it out, threw back shots, and not necessarily got a hometown decision, but... I believe that she got things favoured to her because she was on the home patch. 
Um, that's what I could. That's what I do say. But also, we've got to give her all the juice in the world. We've got to give her all the credit in the world simply because of her style of how she fought. She fought. She fought. It was a good fight. It was an excellent fight. And for all these people who are turning around and saying like female boxing should be three minute rounds, I'm not in agreement to that. I'm um I'm not in agreement to that at all. I believe that it should stay at two minutes or two minute rounds. Now, I could say for a standpoint for excitement because the because they got less time to put in their work and they have to really go and work hard. But then also I'm saying from the standpoint of females having the smaller hearts than than males. So therefore, I think two minutes is the right time. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but I'm saying me personally, I think them fighting two minute rounds is is not a bad thing. Um, uh, uh, Michael Reese says there is something in boxing known as you must beat and batter the champ. They must be about the champ, especially when they are on home. If you want it to be decisive, then you've got to knock them out. I hear that. I hear that. But at the same time, when I'm hearing that, I'm also saying like <laughs> Skyliner is is saying that Jonah's got broke up. She shipped a lot of she shipped a lot of punches, but that's mainly because she's a short of the two, and she's in there with an opponent that's punching that. So awkward, going to get caught with shots because um, um, Maya was punching down on her. And as she was punching down, she was getting the desired effect of her shots. But, but what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to jump up and say that was an out-and-out robbery because it wasn't an out-and-out robbery. I've seen robberies. I've witnessed robberies before. And what we saw yesterday, it wasn't a robbery. It was a close fight. And I would say that we've got to give credit where it's due simply because of the style of fights that we saw. It was a wicked fight. It was an entertaining fight. Um, any more comments that are coming up here now? Yep. Will was saying that the commentary was so biased last night. As a matter of fact, who was it? It was Dave, because I was, I was watching the fight, but I wasn't. Yeah, Gadi, Salam Aleikum to you. Um, I would say... Um, I thought they would. They, I thought the commentary was was decent, but I won't really listen to the commentary because I was on the phone at the same time while watching the fight. I'm not gonna say that it was that biased because I didn't watch it with the commentary. But if you're believing that it was that biased, then so be it. You know what I mean, let me go see. I might have to go grab some people and see and hear their thoughts on the fight that we got last night, and it will be interesting to say the least. Right, any more comments coming Oh, Snaps is saying that he's lost respect for Sky. Oh, um, Snaps, why have you lost respect for Sky? Um, I can't control um, what goes on to put your questions up on the screen, unfortunately, because I don't control it. But yeah. I see that when you're saying that you lost respect for Sky. You have to realise this part here. Um, Sky Sports, like any entity, will... Sometimes it's unconscious biasness. It's not deliberate. And I, I don't believe like it was a deliberate bias to the fact of... Uh, 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 on behalf of Natana... 
Natasha Jonas. I don't think it was a deliberate bias. I think it's like we we favor that which we are which we are acquainted to. And I think that was the case there. That's all. Right, half past fashion says I have rewatched the fight with American commentators and it was pretty much similar to last night, to last night's British commentary. Thank you very much, half past half past fashion, because um Natasha John is putting some incredible work. Tundi's not here today because he uh and he was fighting on the tenth of February. So you know Tundi likes uh, he's in camp, so he's doing a lot of study and everything else, so it is what it is. Um so Tundi's not late today. Uh What's that? Rocky Allen. Rocky Allen says, why has Ben Shalom stopped doing most media press conferences? Uh, there we go. Thanks for putting that one up there. Rocky Allen says, why has Ben Shalom stopped doing most media question mark press conferences was just Big Mo asking questions, not the media seems strange. Um, you know what? I think I'm uh, be totally 100 on this one. I think it's more to the fact that um, Ben Shalom's not that kind of person anyway. He's not that gregarious, outgoing, outspoken kind of person anyway. He's like nuts and bolts and behind and doing his bits and, and, and pulling things together. So he's not really that outwardly spoken kind of person. He's thinking like, maybe we need somebody to go and do that. I think Big Mo is that fitting person. I think he's very good. I think he's a very good. I think he's a very good ring announcer. Um, and if you know anything about his history as well, he, he played a lot of American football. Um, hence the Anglo twang Yankee English talk as he speaks his accent. So no, I wouldn't turn around and say um, he's not doing he's not doing certain things. Like it just maybe he's just feeling like right. I need somebody who's going to be more appropriate to go sit in there and do these things, and that's why. And now my little girl's trying to come. What do you want, Baba? Disney. Pardon me? Disney. Disney. Alright. Right. Yep. You see, when you send these kids to sleep to go to bed, sometimes they don't want to go to bed. They like staying up. And it is what it is. Uh, any more questions up on air? I listened to TalkSport and they said Jonas was lucky to get the nod. Um, yes, big up Bobby Wright. How's everything going? Um, I would say this. I'm not going to turn around and say, like, she was lucky to get the nod. Um, boxing, when you're scoring fights, is very, very subjective. Right? Um, and it being so, it being so subjective, it's, it's what you favor more. Um, and, But what I am saying is, like, when the, when Natasha Jonas won rounds in that fight, especially, like, in the first three, I thought she boxed excellent. I mean, that's the best I've ever seen a box. When you look at it like that, right? When you look at, yeah, when you look at things like that, you, you, you look at it and you say to yourself, like, if it was anywhere else in the world, wouldn't Natasha Jonas have got the nod? And I want to thank 
um, half past fashion for saying like she listens to American commentary and American commentary was very similar to the British commentary, what we had. So if that is the case, then we've got to like say like, you know what I mean? Boxing is, is conjecture. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, and it's one of those kind of things. Untraceable says to become a champion, you have to really beat the champion. Um, not necessarily so. Some, if you outskill somebody and you you go and box on, you totally outskill them. Then off of the back of that, then that's taking it right. That's taking it away from. Them. That's doing your bits. Um, like I said again, close fights are close fights. Close fights are not robberies. Let me just try and connect up this thing now. I'm gonna go get some guest callers up on here. Let me just see if I'm, you're, 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 you're with me while we're doing this again. Okay. Um, we're seeing here, he's saying Skyliner, Skyliner editor said American comment, commentary will be in line with Sky as their broadcasting partners. But, and I hear that, but you have to remember, um, um, Maya is, She's a top ranked fighter, right? If I'm correct, if I stand corrected, she's a top ranked fighter. So she's a top ranked fighter. Shouldn't it be in the best interest for top rank via ESPN to back their fight? So I don't think it's going to be, oh, they have to be in the line with what, what Sky is saying. I, I, I've got to disagree with you on that one. The, 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 Oh, it's actually connected. Let me just see who I can go and grab for you lot right now. Nope, 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 nope. It's the wrong one. Um, old tight people, old tight, old tight, old tight. All right, Joe. Really quick, I'm live on the show, but I just thought I'd to this because I know you're tired. You, uh, fantastic win for you last night. Yeah, no, three, three out of three last night. Jack Massey, Mike Kane, the, 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 the golden girl of boxing, Natasha. Um, a lot of people on here, I'm not one of them. I think you saw my tweet. Um, uh, believe that she, um, Natasha was fortunate to get that win. Uh, can you explain to people the final intricacies why she won that fight, please, Joe? Listen, it's only proper people who know boxing. I believe Tim Bradley over in America is a proper boxing man. He knew what Natasha was doing. He was quite complimentary to Natasha's skill set in the fight. And uh, listen, Natasha started quick, beat her to the punch. Yeah, Michaela was coming forward and throwing shots. Half were missing. Others, Natasha was, was parrying and countering. And then, um, like I said, she was countering and, and landing some good body shots. And in the exchanges, when Michaela unloaded, Natasha come firing straight back and shut her down. And I just, uh, listen, it's just, it's mad what people want to believe and see. But at the end of the day, it was a really good fight against two skilled girls. And it was boxed at the highest level. And we said we'd rather 12 threes because you've got two girls there that could do 12 threes and be... Uh, a big plus for the female boxing because of style, but I just think Natasha Jonas was quick out of the block. She got the early rounds when she had to dig in. She had to dig in, but 
a counter punch in and a check hook on the way in on with Michaela Meyer. She got her off balance numerous times and just because someone's coming forward, huffing and puffing. Like, like uh, someone said to me today, so you got Natasha Jonas, lucky, but Mayweather boxes like that and he's brilliant and it's a one-sided win. Do you know what I mean? You just can't win. Um, yes, we have Joe Gallagher on the line. Um, the, the, Joe, this I want to ask you as well. Um, after three rounds, I was just about to say, like, Joe Gallagher is a genius because I have never, ever seen Natasha Jonas box like that. Like, yeah. the uh, the first three, she was absolutely superb. Right, and I mean that. Um, like, the in-and-out movements, the feints, how she was going down to the body. But what I did tweet, it was like, when we was getting into the middle rounds, like, she was... Um, like she was loading up on the shots, like she was looking to take her out. Um, yeah. and, and I think like if she'd have carried on boxing, like how she did in the first, in the first three, then they would be undeniable about, about the win. As far as I'm concerned, I, I scored it. Um, I gave it to her by one round. Right. Yeah. Um, that's how, that's why I had it. I, I right. thought too. Listen, I, I feel annoyed of how they're treating it. Like it was a huge robbery. It wasn't. If Michaela Mayer won it by a round, then it's just like, yeah, all right. If we won it round, yeah, sorry. Well, people talk about you, Robert. It wasn't you. It wasn't a robbery. It was a, listen, it was a rock. Close fights are close fights. Close fights are not robbers. It's close fights. Right? That's, that's, that's number one. But then also when you look at it and think like the, the work or I think the work that she invested in the early, in the early part of the fights in the first three had a lasting impression. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's what it is. I think like the work that she did then had a lasting impression where people were saying that, wow, this what she's doing right now is absolutely amazing. Um but she did go through some rough patches, but that's professional boxing. And it's world class professional boxing and world championship professional boxing. So these things are meant to happen. The the, the skill set on both girls last night, but more so on my field, Natasha. The way that she was, as Mikhail was coming, just leading with the back end, then chopping the hook over, coming right up around the body, then shooting the uppercut up the pit, catching, returning, check hooking off a lead hand from Michaela Meyer, making a look out towards the ropes numerous times, absolutely sinking in the body shots. And as you say, early on, a speed, a distance, a variation of punches. And it's like anything when you're getting near to the end of the fight, people just remember the last few rounds when it was close. They forgot about the early rounds at Natasha Banks, and that's something that we wanted to do. We wanted to get out there and get rounds banked early on, very much like BTV had Smith the week before. We BTV went out there and showed him who was boss early on. That's what, what Natasha to go out there, and she had to win it. And listen, I thought Natasha fought very well. She dug in. She's fought in a couple of months, and uh, what a performance. Yeah, also like Joe. Finally, you touch on the the Callum Smith Baturbia fight, yeah. Um, what what was your what was your take on the fight leading up to that fight? Because we know that you you trained all of the Smith brothers early on and and in championship fights as well. What was your take on on that fight? Um, listen, I've been up against BTB with Callum Johnson. Um, obviously, Callum came close to beating him. With a, with you had him down with a left hook. Yeah, that's it, and. Before that, Callum got done dirty, the ref had stopped, and he got hit on the break. And, but when he was up there, Callum didn't feel he was physically strong, uh, B2B Evan, he felt he could bully him. 
So when Callum Smith was going into the fight with him, I thought, well, Callum's very quick on the inside, he's sharp on the counter, but we can't rely on Callum's trademark, his catch left hook, and uh, BTVM's pet shot as the overhand right, he did Joe Smith with it, he's done Callum Johnson with it, and now he's done Callum Smith with it, so surprised that he got done with that shot. But for me, obviously, when, when you've had someone from right from the beginning of the pros and took to a world title, then to see them in another fight and getting beat like that, it's, it's, it's a hard watch, it's a hard watch. Uh, like I say, people can't play in weight this time. He was up at the weight, one seven five, and like I just thought, you've just got to give all credit to Peter Bear that, that people can say his strength, but the skill set in him. He doesn't go to the Olympics and give Usyk a good fight, and he doesn't go twenty and no with just power. Um, he's got a very good skill set. His feet were very good, and I think it's his feet that caused Callum Smith huge problems. His jab was like when you put them tennis balls in your head. His jab was popping out like that, hitting one of them. It was so quick and so fast and so direct. You couldn't see it, and before you knew it, he was in on Callum with the jab. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was a hard fight. He just got a full credit to be to be having Callum Smith and go away and um, repair, have a chat with the family and see does he want to go again. Uh, but for to be like he's got to be in everyone's top pound for pound five at least at the moment. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a problem. Um, there's, there's been talk because you're out in Saudi quite deep, um, running the, the was it the Mike Tyson Academy, right? Yeah, Tyson Boxing Gym, yeah, right in Tyson Boxing Gym. I was there on the opening of the day, and I see Joel was everywhere, even when he was standing still. And it was like, what kind of honor is that for you to be in charge of that gym and being the person that's been behind orchestrating? how that gym is ran and everything else and the programs that go in there. What kind of honour is that to you? Usually, listen to you saying that at the moment, it's just like a lot of people said at the time, and some Bogart said, of all the people, of all the places, all the bars, whatever it is, it's just, yeah, why me? But um, I'm usually honoured and privileged, and uh, it's an exciting project that we're doing over there. And obviously, uh, for the day, a reckoning show, we had certain fighters, uh, the boy was in there, and Joe Parker was in there, Miller was in there, Opatai was in there. So they're all training in there. And, um, it's just good. And this thing that we've got going over there now, Saudi uh, boxing has it, got to take off and there's some real good talent coming through. And there's uh, an often used name Saudi boxers in the pro game, but you will do very soon. Yeah, um, what is there anyone in Saudi Arabia that we should be looking at for who's up and coming? I know you've got yeah, the there's, 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 there's a kid called Mo, um, he'll be turning professional uh, very soon. And there's some good amateurs over there that have competed at the Saudi Games. I'm also looking at wanting to turn professional as well. So it's uh, no, it's thriving and it's good. And his excellency is, as you see, is making things happen over there in all types of sport and entertainment. And um, like you say, professional boxing is one. And us as um, British uh, people with British fighters are benefiting with your Furies, your Joshua's and them type of fights. So uh, it's in Frank Warren's doing a, a good job over there with his excellence. So where do you see this going from here? Like with all the stuff that's happening out in, in Saudi, where, where do you think this is going to eventually end up? I, I, I said it the other day. I said this years ago. Um, if you were Ricky Hatton or Joe Kawasaki and Barry McGuigan and um, you watch fight for the big fights, Las Vegas was the place. It's just everything has a time and a place. And now it's come to this time and this era that for the likes of Joshua and Fury and Usyk 
and now Devin Haney and them type of boys. If you want the big money and the big fights, you're going to have to go to Saudi. And that's just what it is. Mm. Mm. Just like years before, it was Atlantic City or New York. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, it was Vegas, but now it looks like it's Saudi's a place to be for the big fights in boxing. What and you can you you can see this lasting for a very long time because I want it. Yeah, to last. Yeah, I want it yeah. to last for a very this, long this, time. This this isn't oh, uh, a one season wonder. This isn't. Or this is this is. Uh, I, I, if there's excellence, I'm sure you'd say or Frank would say we're just scratching at it at the moment. We're just scratching the surface with it at the moment. It's you, you know, Spence, you've been out there, mate. No, well, different gravy. What one thing's doing, it'll get done. Yeah, immediately because like. What I saw, I mean, what I what I saw um, when I was out there for the Nganu fight uh, versus Tyson Fury, like that dinner that they had the night before. Mm-hmm. I, listen, I don't need to go to Saudi Arabia. That deal, the me going to the, I didn't have to go to the fight. I'm going to be real with you. That dinner was just the who's who of boxing. It was like I died and I went to boxing yeah. heaven. And that was it. It was incredible. And it was yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, and it was yeah, nothing I'll ever beat that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I'm like, I'm honored that I was there. That's what I can say, Joe. I was honored that I was there. It was good. It was good. To, it's good finally to see you start getting your flowers, right? That was nice as yeah. well for me. You know what I mean? That, that was nice. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And like, and, and long may you continue with your success, Joe. Um, like, no, seriously, you just keep on doing what you're doing. And just like, it's like yesterday, it's like Natasha said, like, oh, well, you know what? Joe doesn't get his dues and all the rest of it. And I hear all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't, but listen, listen, listen. I don't, I believe, I don't, I don't believe that. I believe the people in the know actually do give you that respect. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, and that's all that matters. I, you know I mean, I want to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want the lions. I don't want a sheep. I want the lions to, to roar my name, not sheep. Yeah. And I think you should take the yeah. kind of same stance. So I think you have anyway, but you don't give a damn anyway. You're just getting on. No, I don't. Listen, listen, we've got a new wave of talent. Jack Massey had a good win. Mike Talon had a good win last night. And, uh, yeah, listen, we go again with a new wave and a new team. And, uh, there's more British world titles to be won. Mm-hmm. I hear that, Joe. Anyway, I'm not going to keep you. Thank you for blessing us yes, on the fighting right. No problem. Thank Joel you. Joel Gallagher, two-time trainer of the year, and the man has produced more British champions than anything. Take care. God bless, bro. That was Joel Gallagher, ladies and gentlemen. That was Joel Gallagher. You know? Um, but, 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 that was Joel. We're meant to be joined by, let me just go check where he's at. Because people are taking liberties. I suppose that. What are you doing, man? You're meant to be on the show, Johnny Roy. Really, mate. I'm just watching it now. Fantastic. All right. Click on, man. We're waiting for you to come on. You see me now? Nah, nah. Not on this. On the link that I sent to you, Johnny. I'm on the link. Wait there. You're on the link. You're not on the link. You're, you... Yes, yes, here we go. Johnny, we just on it, then you just jump back off. What's the matter with these people? Do you know when people just don't understand how to work technology? Yeah, 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, I was actually Johnny Roy. Johnny Roy has trained a plethora of champions. Um, there we go. Thank you very much, Mr. Johnny Roy. Welcome to the fight is right, my friend. Brilliant to be here, my friend. Johnny. Yes. I want to know what, like, how many, how many, how many champions, how many, how many champions have you actually worked with, Johnny? Because it's been quite a few, right? In the pro game, I've worked yeah. with, uh, I came through with Oliver Harrison. So with yeah. his champions, of which it was many, I've worked with all of them, Martin Murray's, the Rocky Fieldings, enjoyed it all. There was fantastic um, boxers and uh, Oliver was a fantastic teacher. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Um, God rest Oliver's soul in paradise. Yeah. My really, my really, really good friend. And he's just one of the most honest people that you could come across because he just speak his mind. Um, Definitely. He would just, he would just speak his mind. You know, look, if you think about it, like, we've got what? I think it's three weeks now. Um, yeah. just on the three weeks to the Tyson Fury versus Usyk fight. Now, I yeah. wanted to, I mean, and I, and, I, and I wanted to have your take on how you see that fight going because I know, like, you use around Tyson Fury's camp a bit and all the rest of it, but I'm saying to you, like, like what's your take on that fight? How do you see it going? Um, I think Tyson is a very strange person. Put him under pressure, under fear, bring something to the table, and he will surprise you. He has that resilient, defiant character. Um, Usyk is what he is. Great fighter, great potential, um, great skills. Um, but you cannot write Tyson off. Mm. Um, I would say that depending on how up he is for the fight, because people seem to forget how brilliant Usyk is actually brilliant. I'm just going yeah. to be real. Usyk is actually he's brilliant, and he's a general as well, like a trickster. Because you saw in the Daniel Dubois fight, like he can command things how he wants it. He's not too good at taking it down to the body. Alleged, well, not allegedly. Um, Mike McCauley had him over in in inspired with a body shot, right? But you know what? In certain times, I don't really take like Baturvi had him over with the body shots in the amateurs as well. I don't, I don't really run with that narrative of like what happens in sparring because sparring, sparring. So we can't really, we can't, we can't, we can't really run and say, "Oh well, sparring doesn't don't mean right." It's how you perform underneath the lights, and when you're under that pressure, and when you're under that, you got to take those deep breaths in and everything else, right? But I've never seen someone the size of Tyson Fury, six foot nine, and actually seen someone that athletic. He's amazingly athletic for a big guy. Yeah, true. Yeah, so it's it's about the adjustables and how people adjust to say like, right, how they're going to adjust for for this fight to for us to realize like how who's going to come out victorious. So that's that's interesting to me. Yeah, you know I mean, I uh, but I. I do believe that Tyson Fury will be on his A game in this fight. Because if Tyson Fury is on his A game, he's coming out victorious. If he's not, 
know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like a lot of people talking about, oh, well, Tyson Fury never looked good in his last fight. True. Right? A second. He, he had no fear. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, he, did, he didn't. He looked at Francis Ngannou and he's here saying, listen, brother, yeah. you're a UFC star. This is not your discipline. I'm going to deal with you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, we, right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you, and as much as people say, no, I'm taking it serious and I'm on it, and uh, I'm telling you now, it is yeah. very, very difficult to get up for 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 that kind of fight. Even though, like, probably good, Ngannou can punch and everything else. It's interesting. How do you see Joshua and Ngannou go? Sorry? How do you see Joshua and Ngannou going? Yeah, Joshua Ngannou, I do see on an outside um, Ngannou winning. I think what? he's that tough. I, I see Ngannou winning. So you think Ngannou's going to beat Joshua? It's possible. He's that tough. What? So well, I, I hear that, yeah, but I want to talk, because you've been in the game a long time. you trained many fighters. You've been in world title fights with your fighters as well. How... How would you see? How would you see um, Ngannou beating Joshua? By taking Joshua to Ngannou's range, they'll think Joshua is a good boxer, great boxer, great person, but he doesn't um, specialize in anything. Um, it doesn't have a particular range. Ngannou has a range. More importantly, he has a trainer who knows how to get to that range safely. And I see him taking on board what Tyson's uh, explained to him and th- what he'd done against Tyson Fury. In that short space of time, I can only see um, things working out quite uh, against Andy Joshua. He has got more of a boxing brain than we give him credit for, this Ngannou. He's quite yeah. clever. Yeah, he's smart. He knows his range, and he's quite smart in how he maintains that. Well, you know, what? I'm I'm going to say this year. While Snaps is saying AJ is not winning, there's quite a few people on here who are leaving out comments saying like, "Nah, he's going to lose." I'm going to tell you this. I'm just going to break this one down for you guys before everybody else steals my lines, right? Yeah. Anthony Joshua, uh, the the shot that. Start all of the problems for Anthony Joshua when he fought Dylan White and he yeah. got caught in what was the second round? It was the left hook. Left hook, that's right. The shot that caused Anthony Joshua problems leading up to him getting stopped against uh, Andy Ruiz. Ruiz. Yeah. Yeah. Was the left hook. Yeah. Even even when Klitschko knocked him over, he hit him with a dummy right hand, but then he came back with a left hook, and it was left hook that actually landed. So That's therefore, something's telling me that Anthony Joshua is susceptible to left hooks. Spin it. Let's go to round four of Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. What shot was it, Johnny Roy, that knocked over Anthony Joshua? Uh, sorry, left. knocked over Tyson Fury. Left hook again. Okay, then. So, what I'm saying here is, he has to be very, like, they need to go and tell him to have the telephones up properly yeah. on that right hand. Ben Davison and those guys and the rest of the guys who work with him have got to be telling him 
to have this hair locked because the susceptibility of you being caught, especially with, listen, there's a couple of guys that I've seen right throughout the years where I, they're big guys, but I haven't been intimidated by them, right? I remember the first time I met Mike Tyson, I wasn't intimidated by Mike Tyson. I was more gassed because of Mike Tyson. And it was Lloyd Hannigan that brought me to go and meet Mike Tyson uh, yeah. down in, uh, where was it? It was at the Grosvenor Hotel. And he brings me down to meet Mike Tyson. I ain't gonna lie, I yeah. was gassed to meet Mike Tyson. Yeah. Because like, prior to that, I must have spoken to Mike Tyson a few times on the telephone. So I was gassed that I was getting to speak to Mike Tyson. Yeah. But when I actually met him, I went in awe of the man's size. Even though he looked thick and like, you look at him and like, right, you can have me something. You look that way inclined. I didn't I feel it. that because it was Mike Tyson. Maybe because we grew accustomed to getting up at three o'clock in the morning to watch it. Yeah. When I met Lennox Seuss, so the first time I met Lennox, first time I properly met Lennox Seuss was 1991 at a nightclub called Moonlighting down the Western. I know you remember you used to read back then days there. Right, Moonlighting Nightclub. And they kept a party for Lennox for his birthday. Yeah. Kept a birthday party for him. But also, he just beat Glenn McCorry as well. But it's yeah. also like people came together like a little fundraiser thing for Michael Watson. So that was like October of 91. I met Lennox Lewis and he, I was on, then I was on 16, 17. I don't know what I'm doing at nightclub them time, but I was in the club and I see yeah. Lennox Lewis and I just, just the sheer mass of him. I was like, rah, you're big. Yep, yep. <laughs> but yeah. listen, when Francis and Garnu fought, you know, Francis Ngannou fought Tyson Fury. I go back to the change room. Tyson Fury's, even though like Tyson Fury's camp, fair play to them, big up Spencer Brown and Turkey, I'll shake. Because they were the ones who flew me out. But you couldn't really get into... Yeah. You know I mean, you couldn't really get into the into Tyson Fury's change room. So I walk around and I go to Francis Ngannou's change room. And I see the guy. And I'm telling you this now, bro... The man's wide on my TV screen. He's wide, bro. And it's not no fat, it's chisel. And you're looking at that, you're saying, bro, I'm going to be real with you. I felt intimidated when I saw him. Yep, yep. And it takes a lot to intimidate you. I understand. Right, bro. I'm telling you, when I looked at Johnny, I said, right? So. Depending on how, and I'll tell you why I believe that like, he could, he, he could, he could possibly call trouble finding Joshua, right? Yeah. Um, because he's got that what if, and he's very philosophical. When he changed your own saying, boy, it was a close fight. And he goes, yeah, you know. Hello? 
I don't even know what happened there, mate. Yeah, um, uh, I'm not sure what happened myself. I don't know what happened. The thing just cut me off. Bro. But sorry, sorry, yeah, right. So I'm saying, like, when I saw when I saw him, I was, yeah. I was, I was intimidated. I was intimidated by Francis Ngannou by by the size of him. And I was saying to you, like, you know, when you get opportunities, when things go wrong, yeah, yep. And, you think like, right, if I had the opportunity to go do this, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do... I think now he's got that opportunity to go do that. That yeah, all said and done. Right, that all said and done. I know you're, 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 you're favouring in Ghana. Yeah, I, I, I just, definitely. Yeah? Yep. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Certainly remember sitting here, even Spencer's internet got shook off front. I'm telling you, like, I'm just being real, but me being real, I got a still favor Anthony Joshua because the first time in Anthony Joshua's life, yeah, a high level fight, big fight. Sorry, no like a mobile in here, like for the first time in a, in a Anthony Joshua, the one that's going in there with the more experience, and because he's yeah. the one that's going in there with the more experience, and I think like that's the reason why he's going to come out successful. That is my. I'm mayor for. I think it'd be catastrophically disastrous if Anthony yeah. Joshua lose um, this fight. And I don't think he's going to lose. I still, like, like last week I swear blind, I said, nah, man, this is going to be, like, this is going to be a mismatch. But yeah. then I saw them sitting down together, yeah, at the press conference. Yeah. And Ngannou made Anthony Joshua look like a middleweight. Wow. He's that big, John. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's that big. So if Andy Gershaw was to win, you're great experience in that. How how would you say to Andy Joshua to go and take this fight? It's gonna require Andy Joshua to box a way that we haven't seen him before. in my opinion, he can't stand there mid to short range and fight with Ongani. He's got to box him a full range and keep the mobility going. These are kind of things that, so far, we've not attributed to Andy Joshua. Boxing with movement, boxing at range, yeah. isn't Andy Joshua's style. He's a mid-range fighter himself, takes people out, going forward, putting pressure on, but it's that forward momentum. If he has that with um, Ngannou, there could be a problem. Mm. It could be a problem. Yeah. Okay. And Johnny, I know you. Do, I know you do a lot of work with your your amateur kids and that. What's the name of your club that you're running right now? Yeah, gym. Yeah. Gym. Gym. Uh, are you still? Because I remember, like, you used to run the box club championships. That yeah, quite a few little champions come out of your club and yeah. stuff. Right. So, are you still working with the pros, or are you now just solely working with amateurs? Mainly working with the amateurs. Um, yeah. I, I like working with the amateurs. Going back to basics, got my own children working with the amateur group. So there's a vested interest in that group. But I like to see where they originate from, where they come from, and guide them through as best I can. Johnny, it's been an absolute plum pleasing pleasure to have you on. You know what I mean? Because, like, we just had Joel Gallagher on earlier. Um, yeah. Um, speaking about Natasha Jonas, did you watch Natasha's fight? 
I did watch the fight, yes. How did you score the fight? fight. How, yeah, how did you score the fight? It was a very close fight. It could have gone either way. Um, yeah. Depends on what you're looking for. Depends on what ranges. Both girls had successes. The earlier part and the latter part, Natasha Jonas, midway through, um, Michaela was doing very well. Her pressure and their combinations were fantastic. It was a great fight. Classic for women, women boxing. Mm, mm. And you know what? I concur with that. It was a great fight. Johnny, I ain't going to keep you. I want to say thank you for blessing the fighters, right? Looking out for you. Any little young stars that you got coming through that, that our listeners should be looking out for? Got two, really. I've got Alex McMillan. He's a 70-kilo amateur, doing fantastic. Okay. Um, and I've got my, my little son. Uh, he's 60 kilos, Jalen Roy. He's doing fantastic also. He's in the youth championships as we speak. Okay. What is, so what's he in now? The quarters? What's he in? He's through to the um, finals of our region. Then okay. he's going to go through to the national tournament if he's successful. Well, everyone at the fight is right. Wishes young Roy all the best. Right, Thank keep going forward. Plum peas in pleasure. Take care, Johnny Roy. Take care later. Thank you. Bye bye. Now, for all you people who don't know who Johnny Roy is, I think you should just go and find out. You can click off now, Johnny. Yeah, we're tired to see okay. a few. You, you, you know, <laughs> these old people with technology. You know what I'm right, I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah, old people with technology is disgusting. But what can you say? If you don't know who Johnny Roy is, um, within within the game, people know who he is. Um, very, very good trainer. Worked with many fighters. Came under the tutelage of um, the late, great Oliver Harrison. Um, Johnny's actually married to Oliver Harrison's daughter. Um, but, yeah, very, very good trainer. And one of the best hand wrap men that I've ever met in my life. He worked with me a couple of times um, with... Troy Trim Pro, and trust me, I've, he, he's up there. There's a couple of guys that I really rate for rapping hands. Tundi Ajayi can rap hands really well. And the crazy thing is I actually taught Tundi how to rap hands, but he's on another level. He took, he took it very, very seriously. But Johnny Roy is one of them as well. And the late, great Dean Powell. Nobody could rap hands like Dean Powell. Simply reason, because Dean Powell taught me how to rap hands. May Dean Powell rest in paradise. Let's see what else that we can get on this thing here. Let's see if we can get some greats. Uh, you guys tell me, can you hear the sound pretty well? He's taking liberties. Yo, superstar. The great Lennox list. Just a really quick one, Lennox. I want to ask you a question on how would Tyson Fury versus, because it's going to be 25 years since we had the last undisputed heavyweight champion. So, like, you've held something, you've held history for a quarter of a century. How does that make you feel? Hello? Yeah, Lennox. Yeah, I heard it from 
quarter of a century if I did. Yeah, 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 quarter of a century. Because the last time when you, when you beat Evander Holyfield, that was November thirteenth, nineteen ninety nine, right? So yeah. time, yeah, times times has ticked on since then, Mister Lewis. So I'm saying to you, like Manny, put Lennox Lewis up on the screen, man. Like, so I'm saying to you, since that time, like there hasn't been anybody remotely close to becoming undisputed champion, apart from when two Klitschko brothers held the titles. Um, but they actually, things kind of, things kind of got a little bit boring when they were, <laughs> when, when, no disrespect, they were great champions, but things were, they weren't exciting. Now with, there's an opportunity with Tyson Fury um, versus uh, Alexander Usyk, to become the last undisputed champion since you. Um, to either of these guys, how do you think Usyk should fight Tyson Fury to try and secure victory? Well, you know, I say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, you know, he's a good mover. He's elusive when he, when he moves and he's, he's very active. I think he should be very active in the fight with Tyson Fury. Uh, move well and... Uh, you know, use his speed. I think, uh, you know, Tyson Fury hasn't been against anybody that's been just as elusive as him and, and have great speed and great movement. So uh, I think that would be an interesting fight. Although, you know, when you look at Tyson Fury, this guy's 6'9", and when he wants to, when he trains well and comes in prepared, you know, he, he boxes very well. Mm. Mm. So, like, what do, you, what do you think Tyson Fury needs to do to secure victory? Well, you know, being in good shape, being in a good shape of uh, frame of mind and go out there and do the job that he knows he can do. I mean, you know, when you look at Tyson Fury, like I said, he's 6'9". He can box on the inside. He can box on the outside. He can box uh, southpaw. He can, he can box orthodox. So it's really just bringing all those things together and making them work for the night. You know, we could say that his last fight, he didn't bring all those tools into the ring and make it for an exciting fight. But he brought something, but he didn't bring the full wham. He brought like about, I would say, 40% of him. When mm. he brings 80 to 100% of them, he definitely performs a lot better than anybody's ever seen. Okay. Because you were, you were set ringside. Well, we both were set ringside for Tyson Fury versus Faso Ngannou. And also at the same time, Usyk was set ringside there as well, right? Yeah. That was a flat Tyson Fury. Yeah, I was, I was at ringside for the Ngannou fight. And I didn't feel that Tyson Fury came into the fight fully prepared for the fight. I think he was about, you know, 30%, um, for that fight, he wasn't his 80%, 100%. So, you know, I've seen a lot of different faults that he should have taken advantage of in the fight, and which he didn't. Okay. Okay. So, like, we've got also coming up in March, um, um, Anthony Joshua's fight in Ghana. Seeing as you were there ringside and you saw what Ngannou could do for a man that is a complete novice in professional boxing. You saw what he did to Tyson Fury, knocking him down in the fourth round. Like, is there any danger of 
because he got caught. He caught Tyson Fury with a left hook. I was just I was speaking to the trainer yeah. Johnny Roy. Um, if we look at Andy Joshua's career, Andy Joshua has been hurt and also flawed with left hooks. Like, is there any danger of that power punching? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, anytime you get in the ring with a big guy that weighs the same as man as you do, he can punch as hard as you. And Ugano, Francis Ugano, throws a great punch, a great left hook, great right hand. So anybody within his mitts has to be careful of his power. I mean, he doesn't have big muscles for nothing. Mm, he's a very, very big guy. Um, but I mean, you know, in, in one sense, you know, uh, is Ugano in, in, in the wrong sport? Should he have been a boxer? Um, you know what? I think it's, every, it's I think it's happened to him at the right time. I think he's he's properly being looked after right now by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, I think they appreciate him, whereas I don't think he. I mean, fair play to him because like he he left the UFC. He's highest person in the UFC. Well, it basically he wasn't appreciated in the UFC. Yeah, he wasn't, and but. No, but in, in boxing, which is a crossover, which is going to cross over, which is cross, he's crossing over already. He's appreciated, and he actually uh, is getting a little respect out there because of uh, what he did with Tyson Fury. I mean, Tyson Fury really opened the door for uh, Francis Ugano to uh, to shine, and he did shine like a bright light. Mm, mm. Um, you were there at the fight, and you scored the fight for Tyson Fury. So did I. Right, that's not that's not me taking away from the gallant performance by Francis Ngannou because it was a very it was a great performance and you're, he was doing that with arguably the best heavyweight in the world in your first ever professional fight. So I give you all the credit in the, the world. The, the, the only thing Ugano lacks was experience, mm. and it's it's hard it's hard because he's getting experience at the top. So every lesson he learns, it's like, oh, man, this is what I'm going to do next time. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing because he's a fast learner. He's definitely a fast learner because I showed him a, a couple of different things and he did put them to use. So, um, yeah, he's good. Okay. So what do you think for this Joshua and Garland fight? How do you see that fight going? I see it being a, a good fight because... You got two big guys in there that can throw a hell of a punch out. They're known for knocking people out. Now they're, now they're coming together. It's like two bulls in a pen. Mm. So, you know, I, I think in this fight, you're going to see some, uh, good boxing from Anthony Joshua and you're going to see, uh, uh, you know, Ugano lurking, lurking on the outside, waiting to, to fire that big bomb and trying to op- open, uh, the shot for those big bombs, whether it's a left hook or right hand. Um, the two bull in a pen um, analogy, uh, you actually used that before in 1992, um, October 31st, when you fought Razor Ruddock, right? Because yeah. you went into that fight as an underdog, right? Yeah. And they, they said I wouldn't make it. Yeah. And that, I would say, is, I would say, one of your best performances was that fight. Um. Mm. You going in with a power puncher, what advice, because you know what it's like being in with guys who can really hit. Um, Shannon Briggs could really hit. Mike Tyson could really hit. You know, you've been in there with, with let me, guys. Let me tell you, 
let me tell you, the Frank Bruno fight was the same thing, you know, because now, Bruno I was punch. watching that fight the other day, and every punch he was letting go was trying to take off my head. And my thing, I was trying to take off his head, and I, I was saying to myself, yo, this fight ain't going the distance. We ain't going the distance. So it's either him or me, and, uh, you know, uh, luckily, good... Um, Round seven, let's go. You know, it was good for me. It was good for me. Like, but that that fight, that fight, yeah. Let me tell you, we were firing some serious bombs at each other. Um, and was, you must have seen the determination on my face because you know I was trying to hit him. Mm, mm. I, I would also say this, Linux. Like, for people who don't know, like, I think one of your best fights that you ever had was your fight with Ray Mercer. Ray Mercer fight was a great fight because, you know, they tried to test my heart, didn't know how big my heart was. Plus, I had, had you know, sparring partners preparing for him from a long time. And uh, even the infighting, I was, you know, I was waiting for the infighting to, for somebody to uh, box infighting against, and it was him. You know, he, he caught me with some great jabs in the fight, too. Okay. Um, I feel like this is an answer question. He said, excellent. if Nganu... Um, can take or could take everything AJ has and then AJ tires out and go for the stoppage. So I don't think you wrote that. Is correctly. that what may happen? No, he's actually saying, Arcelinus, if Nganu could take everything AJ has and then tire tires out AJ and then goes for the stoppage. So he's trying to say like he'd be able to Take the hard shots from from what AJ's going to be throwing at him. Let me, let me tell you, you know, some of those guys out there that can take heavy shots and bangs on, in their head, there's guys out there that can take shots. They don't affect them because they're not used to them and they can take them. Mm. But those out there that take shots all the time, it only takes one shot to really knock you down and, and it's really that that switch that goes off when you touch that button and the button is somewhere either around your chin or around the top of your head where somebody may hit you and you may go down so I always say it always takes one, only takes one shot but I did see Tyson Fury throw some hard shots at uh, Francis Ngannou and Ngannou just smiled I mean those punches just deflected off of his head and they had no impact. They had no, no reaction. He didn't, he didn't wobble his knees or nothing. He didn't go down. He just walked right through it. Mm. Uh, potentially, I believe that um, AJ can throw great hard punches. He's just got a catch in Ghana, right? And, uh, you, know, you know, whether it's on the chin, on the top of the head, it's just got to be that punch that catches your opponent right, and then if he if he catches him right, obviously he'll go down. But if he doesn't catch him right, he won't go down. Yeah, but you stood beside Francis Ngannou. You see, he's a mammoth of a man, Lennox. Um, yeah. It's it's the first. It's a, I think it's the first time that Andy Josh is going to look like the smaller guy in the ring. No, they're both big guys. They're both big guys. Now no, listen. When they sat at a press conference Napoleon, last week, Napoleon. all right then, big man, big up yourself. Yeah, Lennox, please yourself. thank you for blessing the fight is right, and what a way Thanks, to man. end the show. Bless up, Lennox.
Yeah, you know it goes. That was just a quick one. That was Linux Lewis. Thank you so much, Tundi Ajay, for jumping in and, and making sure that you put Linux Lewis live on the fighters, right? I think we got a good little insight there from Linux Lewis. Um, we're ticking down. We're closing up for the hour. And I'm only going to keep this an hour because, we you know, Tundi is in camp. So because Tundi is in camp, it's kind of... You, you know, I'm on, I'm on a one man band. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the guests that we've had. So I've got to say a massive thank you to Joe Gallagher and a massive congratulations to Natasha Jonas going out and defending her world title in supreme style in a hard fight. I've also got to say a massive big up to a very under the radar trainer who is an incredible trainer in Johnny Roy. And then also I've got to thank the last undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And I also want to address something. I mean, I also just want to, I also want to address something. I want to address the fact that, um, I think it was ESPN on one of them channels was saying like Lennox Lewis wasn't really the undisputed champion because Lennox Lewis, um, didn't win the WBO championship. But I have to address this one here. Lennox Lewis did fight and beat Henry Akinwande, who at the time was the reigning WBO champion. Um, and he got stripped of the title because HBO didn't, at the time, the WBO crown wasn't that big as a title. So we're going back. I mean, we're going back a few years to, 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 to 1996. The WBO in the heavyweight championships it wasn't regarded as a big title thing, right? As soon as the Klitschko's got hold of that title, they made that title big because in Germany, the WBO was greatly respected. Yes, thank you very much, Tubeless. Let us also hold the IBO title, but we didn't really look at that as anything anyway because the IBO title in the heavyweight division has never headlined as a world heavyweight championship world title fight. It's never headlined. It's always been in conjunction with the other belts. Like you'd win the WBC and WBA and the IBO would just give you that crown. So that went the case. But Lennox Lewis did actually beat Henry Akinwande. Um Henry Akinwande got disqualified for holding, but he was getting punched up. Well, I like Henry because he's my old gym mate. So Henry Akinwande used to be at the Lynn when I was a little kid. Um, but you know, he didn't... So really and truly, theoretically, Lennox Lewis won all the belts. But the only heavyweight to have held all of the titles or won all of the titles from since the induction of the WBO crown, the WBO crown came in in 1989. Tommy Hearns was the first ever champion that they had. And what happened then was that... What happened then was... Because the WBO wasn't really rated as anything, but the only man in the heavyweight division to have held all or won all of those titles was actually Riddick Bowl. Riddick Bowl became undisputed heavyweight champion against Avanda Holyfield. Um, what was that? That was November of 92. Uh, then he loses the title the following year. And then Evander Holyfield loses the crown to Michael Mora. And then Riddick Bowe 
goes and fights Herbie Hyde and he beats Herbie Hyde for the WBO Heavyweight Championship. So Riddick Bowe is the only man in heavyweight history to have held all four of the belts, not simultaneously, but he had to hold all of the belts. So that's what makes kind of things very, very interesting. And in the famous words, as I'm drawing to an end of the show, and I'm grateful for everyone that's been on here today, dream it, believe it, become it. Come on up. I pray that every single one of you has a fantastic week, a very blessed week, a notable week, a week filled with splendor and joy and success. Keep on pushing forward. Peace, two fingers. I'm out. Later. Sports Social Podcast Network.